That's next level. So um, la last Sunday, actually, as I was preaching, I started to feel sick and my throat started to hurt and stuff. So I went home and I remember when I was 20 and I would get sick and it would last like a day. I've learned at 51, it's more than a day. So I was sick all week on Thursday. I finally went to the doctor. Uh, the doctor says, you have strep throat. So I, if you've shaken my hand this morning, you're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he got me on antibiotics. He said, I'm not contagious. I'm fine. But just to be safe, I'm giving knuckles and elbows. Uh, and, but, but on Friday, I was like, I, can't, I don't think I could speak on Sunday, especially three times. And so I called Ben, our associate, on his day off. And I said, Ben, uh, I'm sorry, man. I don't think I, I, don't think I could do it. And, uh, and he says, I'll do it. I got it. No problem. And so aren't you thankful that we have a staff here of the church that are, yes. What I was going to do is talk about our legacy offering. And what we do, um, nonprofits typically have a really big week the last week of the year because several people will give sometimes for tax purposes or just kind of at the end of the year. And so what we decided to do a few years ago is that we would take that last week's offering and we give it away 100%. And so what I was going to do was share with you what we did with it this past year and ask you to consider and pray about what God would have you do this year. And so it's going to start on December 25th, and it'll run through the end of the year. And uh, so what I'm going to do instead of that is I'm going to film a video either tomorrow or Tuesday, depending on how I'm feeling. I don't want to say anything under medication, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm going to share with you kind of that information. I'm going to email it out to you. So if you're in our database, you'll get an email. Uh, check your, your spam. If you've ever said, like, this is junk, that's on you, okay? Uh, and if you just, I'd appreciate it if you just watch it and pray about what, you, what God wants you to do with this for this year and offer. We've got some really exciting things planned, especially with the orphanages that we work with. Uh, but I'll talk to, you'll, you'll see that coming in your email. But would you welcome Pastor Ben? I'm excited for today, and it's kind of funny. Usually I, usually I get um, at least several days, if not several weeks, notice when I'm going to be preaching. So having a day and a half was uh, a little challenging and a little difficult, but I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for today, and I feel like God uh, gave me a word for you. But, uh, so let's get started. So there was an elderly man in Phoenix about this time of year. Um, who cut, he calls his son in New York. He says, son, I, I hate to ruin your day, but your mother and I are getting divorced. After 45 years of misery, I've had enough. Son's like, Dad, like, what are you talking about? He's like, we just can't stand the sight of each other anymore. And you know what? I'm, I'm sick of it, and I'm sick of this conversation. So you know what? You call your sister, and you tell her, but I'm done. So, you know, the son is losing his mind, and so he calls his sister. He tells her, and she's like, like heck, they're getting divorced. And so she's, she's like, I'll take care of this, right? Like, like a woman would. I'll take care of this. <laughs> So she calls her dad in Phoenix, and she's like, you are not getting divorced. Don't do a single thing until I get there. I'm calling my brother back. We'll be there in the morning. Until then, don't do a thing. The old man hangs up the phone, and he looks at his wife, and he's like, okay. They're coming for Christmas, and they're paying their own way. <laughs> and you can thank Pastor Angel for that joke, because I stole it from him. But... We are just one week away from Christmas. How many of you guys think that came way too fast, right? Wasn't yesterday like July? I'm, this year went by so fast. But So how many of you do, are done Christmas shopping? A few people, my wife, yeah, she's always on the ball. How many of you haven't 
How many of you haven't started Christmas shopping yet? Okay, yeah, a few more people. How many of you guys wait until the very last minute to start your Christmas shopping? Okay, so I know the people who are gonna be running to the gas station after Christmas Eve service next week, right? Get some scratch tickets, like, oh, here you go, Merry Christmas. By the way, if you, if you win, I get half, right? Like, but Christmas is next week. Uh, so Christmas Eve service is next Sunday. Um, so we do things a little bit different for Christmas Eve. Uh, because it's on a Sunday, we actually added a service time. So you can see up on the screen, we have a, and these are all of our English services. Our Spanish service meets at 9 o'clock. They'll be, they'll be normal. But, so we have a 10 o'clock, a 3 o'clock, and a 4.30. So these are all going to be identical services. So it doesn't matter which one you come to. You're going to get the same exact service no matter which one you come to. Um, but just plan ahead because if you show up at 11, we're not going to be here. So just a heads up. Um, and then the other thing that's important for you to know is the week after Christmas Eve is December 31st, and we are not going to be in person at all that day for our English services. We're going to be all online, and the reason we do that is we like to take the last Sunday of the year and give our Dream Team members the week off. So um, if you are new to this church or you haven't been or, or you aren't part of our Dream Team, we have about 250 people who serve on our Dream Team. Um, but every Sunday, it takes about 70 people to do all of the different areas in the church, for, from kids church and uh, our welcome team and coffee and our tech team and worship team and all of the different areas that we have, it takes about 70 people. So we like to take that last Sunday of the year and give it to them off. How many of you guys think that's a good idea to give our dream team off? We have, the, I mean, that team makes this church run. It's not Angel, it's not I, it's, it's the dream team. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we're looking forward to that, but put it on your calendar. We won't be here that day. Um, so let's get started. So today we are going to continue our series with greetings. Last week we talked about Mary in Matthew chapter 1, and we're actually going to stay in that chapter today, but we're going to look at the story of someone uh, who doesn't often get a lot of recognition. So we're, today we're going to look at the story of Joseph, and his story is interesting because Joseph is really just this regular guy. In fact, even the way he's introduced, it's almost as, as if he's like this afterthought. And so right at the end of the genealogy of Jesus, this is in Matthew chapter 1, <clears throat> but it's this part that you always skip over, right? Like you turn to Matthew chapter 1 and you're like, so-and-so begot so-and-so and so-and-so begot so-and-so and so-and-so, and you're like, ah, I'm just going to skip all that until I get to what's actually happening, right? So that's the part that he's introduced in. And this is what it says. It says, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus. And so even in Joseph's in Joseph's introduction, he's introduced as Mary's husband, and she's the mother of Jesus. And if you have kids, you can probably relate to this a little bit, right? Like, for me, I'm Emmy's dad, right? Like, I'm not kidding. She, Emmy has my daughter. She has her best friends are this set of twins. Their names are Harper and Harlow. And they come to this church. They've been going to, they, they went to daycare with her. They go to school with her now. I've known them practically their whole life, and 99% of the time, I'm still Emmy's dad. I'm like, you know my name. Say it. <laughs> they were actually walking out in the first service, and they're like, hi, Ben. Like, I told their dad, I was like, you told them to say that, didn't you? He's all, yeah. <laughs> but, so, I can relate to that, and that's kind of who Joseph is. He's just this regular guy, and so his story picks up in verse 18, and as we get into this today, I'm going to let you know right off the bat, we're going to look at four things that we can learn from Joseph, okay? So verse 18, this is where we were last week also, says this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. 
His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. So like I said, Joseph is just this regular guy. He's probably in his late teens, maybe his early 20s. And he's engaged to be married to Mary. And like any young man at this stage in his life, I'm sure he's excited for this next step in his life. He's excited to get married. He's excited to move out of his parents' basement and start this new life with Mary. But then he has this bombshell dropped on him. And this is what we talked about last week. It says, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, it's easy for us to sort of look past this part in the story because we know what happens, right? We know that Jesus was the Messiah. We know that it really was from the Holy Spirit. But I want you to take a second and imagine Joseph in this moment. Like one day you're planning your wedding and you're going on dates with your fiance and you're dreaming about what life is going to be like and you're preparing for your future. And then the next minute your fiance is telling you that she's pregnant. But it's okay. It's okay. It's God's. Sure it is, right? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Now, it's important for us to understand some things. Today, like today, when you want to get married, you, you meet someone, you date for a while, you get to know each other, and then eventually you buy a ring, and maybe you get down on one knee, and you just pray to God that she says yes. Like, God, just, even if she says no later, just let her say yes now. But assuming she says yes, that's it. You're engaged. But there's nothing legally binding about it. It, it, it can be called off just as easily as if you were dating um, with maybe a, a little more explaining to do. But in these times, an engagement was often prearranged. It was arranged between families, and it was legally binding. And so when you were engaged, you were legally married in the eyes of the law at that time. And so Joseph is now in this predicament where Mary, his wife, is pregnant, and he knows it can't be his because, well, I see some kids out here. So let's just say he knows that it can't be his. So this is what Joseph does. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And I've always loved this response from Joseph because I think it tells us two very important things about who he was as a person. The first thing is that Joseph was righteous. Joseph was a follower of God. He believed in God. He was a righteous man. It says Joseph was faithful to the law. And from, at, from Joseph's point of view, he's looking at Mary, going, okay, she was unfaithful, right? That's the, that's the only explanation. And so the law would have required that he do something about that. But that's when we learn the second very important thing about Joseph. It's that he was merciful. You see, according to the law, Joseph could have had Mary killed. That was the punishment for adultery at the time. So he could have dragged her to the center of town and said she has been unfaithful and had her stoned to death. But that's not what he does. It says, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. So he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So I think it's obvious that Joseph loved Mary. He, he obviously cared about her. And so even though he's been hurt, even though he's had his heart broken, He's going to show her mercy. And I think this is the first thing that we can learn from Joseph, is that people who love God are full of mercy. Or at least they should be. And I imagine there might be some of you here, and that might not, be, might, that might not have been your experience with people who claim to love God. But I want you to know this morning that that is more a reflection of their character than it is of God's character. God's character is one of mercy. 
And we, we see this displayed most prominently by Jesus himself. At the end of his life, as, as Jesus was hanging on his cross, he prayed this prayer. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Even as he was being murdered, Jesus was showing mercy to the very people who were murdering him. So never feel bad about showing mercy, because when you do, you're being like your father. But let's go back to Joseph. So he has this plan. He's going to divorce Mary, but this is what happens next. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So this angel shows up, and he basically confirms Mary's story. He's like, she's telling the truth. It's God's. So don't be afraid. So take her home as your wife. In other words, Joseph, I know what you were planning, and it's not a bad plan, but we have a better plan. God has a better plan. And this is the second thing that we learn from Joseph, is that God's plans are often different from our plans. <clears throat> Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. So if you think about it, Joseph and Mary probably had plans for what their life was going to look like, right? They probably had plans for for what they were going to do after they were married. They probably had plans for where they were going to live and how many kids they were going to have, and all those things. But whatever their plans were, we can probably, we can pretty safely assume that this was not part of their plan, right? Like, I'm guessing they did not plan on giving birth to the Messiah. But this was God's plan. And even though God had a different plan from Joseph, God's plan included Joseph. And so, God's plan included the guy that we don't know much about. His plan included the guy who was introduced as Mary's husband. His plan included this regular guy. This angel shows up and he says, Joseph, you are part of the plan. And when we choose to follow God, we have to be prepared to do things that might not be part of our plan. Because God's plans are different from our plans. But I will tell you that his plans always include us. And so now Joseph has this plan. So what is Joseph going to do? It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary home as his wife. And I want you to notice this. When did Joseph do what the angel commanded him? When he woke up, right? In other words, immediately. And this is the third thing that we learn from Joseph. It's that delayed obedience is disobedience. When God asks us to do something, he wants us to act. It's like this. It's like, it's like when you ask your kids to do something, like clean up their room. And they're like, okay, Dad. When do you expect them to do that? Now, right? Like your expectation is that they're going to go and clean their room. So when you go back later and you find that not only is the room not clean, but they're down on the couch eating chips and watching TV, how does that make you feel? Not great, right? Why? Because delayed obedience is disobedience. And I've got to tell you, I think there is somebody here this morning, or somebody watching online, who needs to hear this. And I'll tell you why. So Angel, said, Angel told you he called me on Friday to ask if I would preach. So Angel had been, he's been, he'd been sick most of the week, and so like Monday, Tuesday, I was like, he might ask me to preach this week. So I read the story just to, you know, I wanted to brush up on it, know what I was going to be talking about in case he asked. 
But, I, but on Thursday, he's like, I'm going to be good to go. So I was like, all right, I'm good. So Friday, he calls me, and I'm like, okay. What he didn't tell you is he actually he gave me 30 minutes. He didn't, I didn't, he didn't make me tell him right then. He said, take 30 minutes and decide if you want to preach. It's like, okay. So I hang up the phone, and I immediately just start praying, like, God, what, what would I even talk about? Like, what, what would I talk about if I have to preach? And I just started praying, and I started thinking, and I started thinking about what I would talk about and what, what points I would try to talk about. And so I, I texted him back a little bit later, and I said, okay, I'll do it. And a few minutes after that, he sent me the notes that he'd been working on for, for today. And as I looked through what he had, I came to this, I came to his main points. And right here, word for word, was this same point. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And what had happened is, as I was praying, I knew that this was one of my main points. Like, I knew, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about. And so when I saw that Angel had this exact same point, I, I don't believe in coincidence. And so the fact that he had that same point word for word tells me somebody needs to hear this today. Delayed obedience is disobedience. God is asking you to do something. And I don't know what that is, but I have a feeling that you probably do. He's asking you to step out and to do something. And maybe you're not sure you're capable of it. Maybe you're not sure you're able to do it. And I, but I think this is where so many people get hung up. This is where so many people fall short. This is where so many people, they get to this edge and then they stop. Because they feel like, I, God, you're asking me to do something that I can't do. But it, Because I'll tell you, obedience takes courage. It takes courage to forgive when we know we could be hurt again. It takes courage to be, be vulnerable with people, especially when our past is filled with pain. It takes courage to give when we don't feel like we even have enough for ourselves. It takes courage to step out in faith and trust that God has a plan. It took courage for Joseph to obey God because he knew that people would talk. He knew that people probably wouldn't understand. He knew that people probably would think he's crazy. Like, did you hear about Joseph's baby? Apparently it's God's. Okay. But he did it anyways because he trusted God. He trusted God's plan. And even though, he, even though I'm sure he had questions, even though he didn't have all the answers, he obeyed. And that was all God needed. And I think this is the fourth thing that we can learn from Joseph. It's that obedience is all God needs. God didn't need Joseph to have all the answers. He just needed him to obey. And if that's you today... I want you to know you are in good company. We see this over and over throughout the Bible, but some of my favorite examples of this are in the men that Jesus chose to be his disciples. If you look at the disciples, uh, they weren't the men that most people would have expected. right? They weren't the men that most people would have expected to deliver the gospel to the entire world. In fact, look what the Bible says about two of them. This is what it says about Peter and John. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And I think that the people that do the things that God has called them to do, they do them despite feeling like they're not capable. They do them despite feeling like they aren't qualified. In fact, I would probably go so far as to say that if you don't feel this way at least a little bit, it's either not from God or you're not doing everything he's asked you to do. Because I don't think God is looking for people who think they have all the answers. I don't think God is looking for people who think they have it all together. Because if I have all the answers, what do I need God for? I think God is looking for people who will just have the courage to obey, who will just have the courage to say yes, and he will provide 
the rest. And as I got one clap, thank you. <laughs> as I was writing this, I had this thought that had never really occurred to me before as I was reading this story. And it, because it's, it's interesting that we don't make a bigger deal about Joseph than we do. Right? Because if, if you think about it, we make a pretty big deal about Mary, right? Especially the Catholic Church. Like, we make a pretty big deal about Mary. She's, she's been a very prominent figure through much of Christian history. And I get that. Like, she was the woman who God chose to give birth to his son. He, he chose her to be the mother of Jesus. And so I understand why we make a big deal about her. And I'm not trying to discredit that. But I realized as I was reading this this week, I realized God chose Joseph too, right? Because think about this. God chose Mary knowing that she was engaged to Joseph. So just like he chose Mary to be his mother, he chose Joseph to be his father here on earth. Can you imagine that responsibility that Joseph must have felt? Right, like you talk about feeling unqualified. Like I'm supposed to raise God's son? I'm supposed to raise the Messiah. I'm supposed to teach him and train him and discipline him. Like, if I spank the Son of God, do you think I'm going to go to hell? <laughs> like, God, I'm just barely getting started myself. Are you sure you've got the right guy? But that's the point. God chose Joseph. He chose the regular guy. He chose the ordinary guy. He chose the guy who was introduced as Mary's husband, the guy who even now we tend to forget about. He chose him. And today I believe there are some of you who maybe feel this same way. Maybe you feel like you don't have what it takes. Maybe you feel like you aren't smart enough, or you aren't talented enough, or you aren't gifted enough, or you aren't old enough, or you aren't young enough, or maybe you just feel like you aren't good enough. Like, God, you don't know my past. I want you to know today, if God is calling you to do something. You need to know. You need to know this. God chose you. He chose you. And God doesn't need you to be anything more than you already are. He only needs you to obey. And so I've got a few minutes left, so I'm going to finish with, with this story, okay? So I, I know all of this to be true because I have lived it. This has been my life. So almost 13 years ago, Pastor Angel asked my wife and I to be the youth pastors here. I had just turned 23 at the time, and so very much like Mary and Joseph, like we had, we had really just started our lives. We'd only been attending Mosaic for about six months, and at least from what I can remember, like I don't have a very good memory, so I might be wrong here, but at least from what I can remember, he hadn't really given any indication that he was that this was coming, that he was looking for a youth pastor, that, that any of it. And, but I can still remember how it all happened. I remember him asking us one day if we could meet for coffee. And so we met on a Thursday morning. We went to, it's now the Boom Mug. It used to be a Starbucks. It's over on 35th and 20th at the Westlake Shopping Center by King Supers. Okay, so we met at that Starbucks. We sat down and he, you know, we talked for a little bit and did that whole thing. And then he asked us if we would be the youth pastors. And then he said, oh, and can you have an answer by Sunday? <laughs> he gave us three days. So I will tell you that it came as a, as a complete shock. Like, I had no indication that this was coming, so we were completely shocked. And to be honest, like Angel, it completely disrupted the plans that I had for my life. Um, <laughs> things were going pretty good. But 
So, so God had given us this step, this first step in the plan. But now we had a decision to make. Would we obey? And now, obviously, the fact that I'm standing up here today makes it a little anticlimactic, but obviously we said yes. And if you've, uh, if you've been coming to the church for a while, if you've ever been to, through Discovery, you know part of my story is that I felt called to ministry when I was 18. But what most people don't know is how often I've had to rely on that call to sustain me over the last 13 years. You see, I've, over the last 13 years, I've often felt unqualified. I've often felt like I wasn't smart enough or talented enough or gifted enough. I've often felt like I, like I had to do something that I didn't think I was capable of doing. I've dealt with feelings of isolation and uncertainty and insecurity. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this one story. It was really early on. And uh, back in these days, we had, uh, we had a group that was called First Tuesday. It was the original Connect group. We had one group that met. <laughs> and we would do like a, a devotional. And then uh, men, would, men and women would split off and we'd talk about it. And so we were sitting around this table with this group of guys. And I remember telling them, that I, was, that I was living with this constant fear of feeling like I was going, it was gonna be discovered that I didn't belong, right? Because I just felt like I was so in over my head. And fortunately, I've, I've come to grow out of that mostly, but I'd be lying to you if I told you that I don't still deal with some of that. But through all of it, I'm here. Not because I figured it all out, but because I know what God told me to do. I know that he chose me for this. And ultimately, I keep going because I know that. And I want you to tell you this, I want to tell you this morning, whatever he is asking you to do, just obey. Just say yes. Because he chose you. And he chose you knowing who you are. And he chose you knowing what you think you're capable of. And maybe, just maybe, he chose you because choosing you is the surest way for him to get all the glory. And all he needs is your obedience. So usually I would just wrap up by praying, but I actually want to finish a little different today. I want to finish by reading you this verse that has helped to, helped to sustain me time after time after time over the last almost 13 years. It's the Apostle Paul writing, and he's writing about Jesus speaking to him. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you choose us in spite of our limitations, in spite of what we think we're capable of. God, thank you that your power comes and rests on us in our weaknesses. God, I pray today for whoever this message is for. I pray for the courage to step out and obey. The courage to step out and say, yes. God, whatever you're asking us to do, I pray our answer would be yes. We trust you. We love you. Thank you for taking us beyond what we could ever imagine. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing this last chorus with us?
accepting me in your life and so today we're going to do just that the whole reason mosaic church exists is to connect people to jesus and help them grow in their faith and so we're going to give you an opportunity to do just that we're going to say a simple prayer there's nothing magical about the words but it's rather your heart behind them and so if everybody would just bow their heads and close their eyes and just repeat after me god i know that you love me and you chose me. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Forgive me for every wrong thing I've ever done, thought, or said. I ask that you come into my heart and make me new. I give you access to every area in my life and I choose to live for you from this day forward. In your name we pray, amen. If you said that salvation prayer today for the first time, I wanna say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We are so excited. We know that that's just the first step in your journey, so if you would take out your smartphone and just scan this QR code that's up here on the screen or on one of your seat backs, we just want to send you something in the mail just to help you on that salvation journey. And with that, you can go ahead and be seated. We have a couple, few, just a few quick announcements. So after service, you're going to see some tables uh, along the wall, and that is our global, the global market. The global market is an organization that helps people that have been affected by human trafficking. And so they have a lot of really cool things out there. If you are behind on your Christmas shopping, like Ben, um, this is a great opportunity to get caught up on that. Um, and it is a great cause. So I just encourage you to take a look at that. Also, like they mentioned, um, Christmas Eve is on Sunday. So we normally have our Christmas Eve services at night, but because it's a Sunday, we are going to have a 10 a.m. service, a 3 p.m. service, and a 4.30 service. So please don't come at 9.30 unless you want to just wait around for a while, for a long time, or um, at 11 because we will pretty much be done. Um, other than that, uh, next, the last Sunday, like Ben mentioned, we are only having online services. So there will be an online service um, at 9.30 and at 11. If you are bilingual and you say, you know what, I don't like online services, we are still going to have the Spanish service on the other side at 9 a.m. So that is open for you, but uh, if you come to this side, it will be 
um, completely empty. Uh, we have baptisms on January 7th. So if you have been waiting or if you've been saying, you know what, I need to get baptized, it is a great way to start the year. So January 7th, if you'd like to get baptized, you can either scan the QR code and do that online, or you can go to the Welcome Center and they can walk you through that. And as you know, the last few weeks of this year, we've been collecting funds for different outreaches that we've been doing within the community. One of those is Joe P. And so it's a senior center and the Bible says, you know, take care of the widows and the orphanages and that's what we try and do. And so this Tuesday at 10.30, we're going to be going to Joe P. Senior Apartments and we're going to be distributing the gift cards and the cookies, but we are also going to be able to have some time with the residents there. Since COVID, this has not been open to us, but this is the first time that they are opening it up to us. So if you wanna say, hey, you know, you have some extra time on Tuesday, you think it would be a cool time uh, just to hang out with some really cool people, uh, come on out Tuesday at 10.30, Joe P. Apartments. The address is 1701 2nd Street. Um, you can also stop by the info center and they have a little card there that they can give you with the address. Again, Tuesday the 19th at 10.30. And with that, we're going to just continue with our worship with our last act of worship, which is our tithe and offering. If you'd like to give this morning, you can give in person. We have a little black box in the foyer area. You can give online at greedymosaic.com. You can text any amount to 84321, or you can give on the Church Center app. I just encourage you, just continue to be faithful in your giving. God has been super faithful to us, and I believe that Mosaic is a generous church, and we just want to be a blessing to our community, and we are only able to do that when you continue to, to give. And so... I encourage you just to just to continue to be faithful. And so I'm going to just pray over this morning's tithe and offering. If you need additional prayer after I pray, there is going to be a prayer team up here in the front. Feel free. They would love to pray with you. And I'm just going to pray. Dear God, I just thank you. I thank you for each and every person that is here. I thank you for their generous hearts. I pray, Lord God, that you would just continue to supply their needs. If they be in lack, God, I pray, Lord God, that you supplement them, Lord God. I pray that if there be any person that cannot give, I pray that you would give them the means to give. And I just pray that you would bless this offering, multiply it, Lord God. Use it just to bring more people to know you and to fill you and to fill your kindness and your mercy in their life, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord God, that as we go on with our week, that we would remember that you have chosen us, Lord God, and that you have a plan for our life, and we want to be obedient to that plan. God, continue to choose us. Help us continue to choose you and the plan that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, Mosaic, have a wonderful week, and don't forget your candy canes on the way out. <laughs>